0: <laughs> sorry what was that I, I, was just were... say, I
1: was just gonna say don't forget to record and you restarted it
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you uh, sometimes i i get too ahead of myself um all right so education week uh there was some fun interesting classes uh lots of great presenters but i was trying to take some uh, some isaiah stuff and uh, i was not disappointed so um just making sure everybody can see my screen with like isaiah related things on it okay because for some reason my settings sometimes default and and throws it off but um so with uh joseph spencer his class on isaiah in the book of mormon was very interesting so um he said that he uh I can't remember his full story just right off the top of my head, but uh, he discovered some literary patterns in uh, the Book of Mormon that really lend to some interesting insights. And I thought it was uh, intriguing because he, he started off kind of talking about different authors that he likes and stuff. He does not like Gileadi at all, um, but he has come up with a lot of very similar uh, things that he's found in, in the Book of Mormon. So he was trying to find literary patterns, but could not find them until he had a breakthrough and uh, remembered that uh, the original chapter breaks of the Book of Mormon. So um, what Joseph dictated as he's translating, um, there were eight, uh, five, six, seven, sorry, seven chapters, seven original chapters in first Nephi. But uh, currently, we have 22. That was a, a later uh, adaption from Orson Pratt. He was commissioned by the prophet to uh, put chapters and verses to things. Um, but those were not original. Uh, we only have seven that are original to 1st Nephi. And so each day of the week of his class, he went through. So the first day he went through 1st Nephi. The second day he went through 2nd Nephi third day he went through like Abinadi and uh, some of those, and then fourth day he went through um, third Nephi, uh, all of the different parts in the Book of Mormon that, that reference Isaiah. So I'm, I'm just kind of talking on first Nephi here tonight, because if I went through everything, it would take up all the time. But these things in first Nephi are very interesting, because a lot of times we don't um, associate Isaiah with first Nephi. It's usually with second Nephi, right? But it's crucial to understand what 1st Nephi is doing and how it's treating and preparing us for uh, the the real meat of Isaiah in 2nd Nephi. So I found it interesting that there are seven chapters, much like the the seven-part bifid structure of the biblical Isaiah. And as we go through... The seven chapters here, it's broken down with two chapters, which are Lehi's record, and five chapters, which are Nephi's own proceedings. So here we have kind of a breakdown of um, what each of those main chapters entailed, but let me put it into a simple chiasm here. So in chapter one, it's how the Nephites got Isaiah, uh, chapter two is how they got the vision, uh, like Lehi's vision, Nephi's, uh, uh, Lehi's dream and Nephi's vision. And then uh, chapters three and four are the vision explained in detail versus uh, chapter six and seven, which is Isaiah explaining in detail. Um, so we can, it, it, it's all based on on this chiasm, with uh, an outlier being chapter five, which is treated kind of separately. It's uh, a pattern uh, amongst everything else. But it's interesting what Nephi is doing here. He is is putting this in a chiasm to help us compare Isaiah to Lehi's dream. So here's just a list of uh, conclusions that, that he came up with. I'm just going to kind of skim through those a little bit, but um, see, yeah, with number four, so Lehi's abridgment was originally made up of two stories, one about giving a copy of past prophecies, and one about starting a tradition of present prophecy, and that ties into to number five here, where Nephi's own proceedings was also originally built around two major concerns one about how to make sense of present prophecy, and one about how to make sense of past prophecies. So first Nephi tells a double story about how the family obtained two prophetic sources, and then it provides a double exposition of those two prophetic sources. And so basically what Joseph Spencer is, is conjecturing here and throwing out at the class is Nephi's whole purpose of writing first Nephi is to tell us that you're never going to understand Isaiah unless you understand Lehi's dream. And you're never going to understand Lehi's dream unless you understand Isaiah. They go hand in hand. And that's what point number seven here is. Each of Nephi's two prophetic sources explains each other. And this is what is meant by likening. So when it says liken the scriptures unto yourselves, um, he went through and, and, and treated that in a different way where the, the basic kind of primary level that we have understood it as, you know, where we can replace our name in any scripture and, and liken it to us, but it, it goes much deeper than that. Nephi's purpose is telling us that if we're truly likening, we'll liken Isaiah to, to Lehi's vision. So I thought that, that was very interesting. Um, so here's kind of the, the takeaways from class where 1st Nephi is a tightly organized guide to reading Isaiah Nephi's way. He introduces us to the sources through stories about his father, and then he expounds on the sources by showing how each serves, uh, let's see, was, I don't know, where, (laughs) I need to fix that that sentence there, I can't. Each verse? Oh, probably.
1: I'm wondering just got if auto corrected there, <laughs> yeah, or if you transposed it somehow, or so each verse was a lens. Yeah, each
0: verse lens. Uh,
1: because I bet for, that was lens, L-E-N-S.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, everything here makes clear that Isaiah is central to Nephi's purposes from the very start, and it's preparatory to helping us understand what Second Nephi uh, is getting at—the plain and precious. So. Nephi wants his readers to read Isaiah alongside the dream and vision of 1 Nephi 8, where the focus is on the redemption of the remnant of Israel, thanks to the coming forth of the book through the Gentiles. So anyway, that's just kind of a, a, in a nutshell, sorry, that was really fast, but um, some amazing stuff coming from Joseph Spencer and the literary devices that he's finding in the original text of the Book of Mormon. Uh, I think that that's um, amazing. It it's like Isaiah, the sealed book, is starting to get unlocked by many different people in different ways. Again, you know, not everybody agrees with each other, but um, I think that that's kind of the purpose, right? So that not one person has the the whole thing and, and can hoard it, but the the keys to unlocking Isaiah are being spread around. But the key is always the same is through the literary devices. When you understand the parallelisms, the chiasms, and the, the actual literary structures, that's where Isaiah starts getting unlocked. Um, I, I, I find that very fascinating. Um, let's see, do we have time? We kind of go, sorry. Yeah, let's go into it. So this was a class by Kevin Tolley. And it was just about the Old Testament and kind of a primer for next year. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot of review. You know, I know the Old Testament pretty well, but there was quite a few interesting tidbits that uh, this is just one of them. So the Old Testament in in Hebrew is called the Tanakh, the T-N-K, and it splits into these three categories, the Torah, the five books of Moses the Nevaim, the prophets, and the Ketuvim, which are the writings. So the Nevaim is what I want to focus on here because he had an interesting uh, thing that he pulled out. He said, so look at this grouping of prophets and how this differs from the King James Version. So we have the former prophets, the latter prophets, and then the 12 prophets. And if we compare them side by side, on the left we have how the the Jewish Tanakh organizes them versus on the right side, our modern King James version. And so we can see that um, like the prophets are are kind of jumbled up. There's some historical ones, there's major and minor, um, but they're, they're very different. So um, one thing he said is when in Rome, do what the Romans do, right? So if we're reading Hebrew texts, we should read it how the Hebrews meant it to be. And so looking at the former prophets, latter prophets, and 12 prophets, um, we see that there is an interesting distinction that I hadn't thought about before. This is kind of blowing my mind. So the former prophets versus the latter prophets, the reason that they're different, it's not just a delineation of time about that, oh, these are the, the first ones and then these ones came later. But the latter prophets are actually commissioned to write about the latter days. So there's the former prophets. Yes, those are historical. But the latter prophets are actually latter day prophets or um, apocalyptic prophets. And so here we have Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel classified as the three main latter prophets. And then we have 12 kind of minor latter prophets six of which are dealing with the wickedness and injustice of the last days, and six which are dealing with the resolution of the last days. So um, an interesting tidbit that uh, Kevin Tolley pointed out was that when we are looking or comparing notes with our, our Jewish buddies, the Jews realize that we have an important structure in our church. We have a first presidency and 12 apostles, just like the latter prophets, in the Tanakh, were organized. Um, The latter prophets, you know, they didn't form a a first presidency when they were alive, um, but they were organized in the scripture to point forward to the organization that would exist in the last days. And so, uh, anyway, I find that interesting. Isaiah being kind of the the chief prophet with two counselors, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and then uh, a group of 12 that uh, are kind of havesies on, on sharing prophecy for the last days. Anyway, I thought that was super interesting, uh, insight of now I want to go study Jeremiah and Ezekiel really bad <laughs> and, and all of these 12, but, um, what anyway,
1: on the side Were those years,
2: those can't, oh, I,
0: I think that's the amount of like verses in, let me see. Oh, Yeah, I think it's the amount of verses. So like you can see that all of the 12 combined are still quite a bit less than any of these separated out kind of thing. So uh, the 12, that's why they're minor. They're just kind of little tidbits versus the the first presidency, I guess you could say, uh, are very extensive writers. But I could be wrong on that. I'm gonna, gonna look that through a little bit better. Um, so yeah, anything else on education, Week? there's so much at education week, I'm going to try to get my notes all together and and be able to share it. I, I'm photoshopping all of the, the slides that I took, so that they're going to be easier to, to read and print out and stuff. Um, but yeah, there, there was a lot of great things Isaiah wise and otherwise um, that I'd love to share, but
1: I'll, I'll get make, those. And, you should just make a video with all your notes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i said it would be forever long <laughs>
1: okay you can break it up <laughs>
0: Yep. <laughs> hey cameron yeah uh,
2: so on your isaiah one for him he called that an inclusio remember
0: uh-huh yeah I, so what's inclusio. that
2: name right inclusio were the were their bookends right they came mm-hmm. back but the thing that really surprised me was Muhlstein when he Talked about the battles of Gog and Armageddon and the battle in First Nephi and probably the battle fought by the ancient days of Daniel, where he talked about them being the same battle. But then he said, The more that he's studying this stuff, the more that he thinks this is very much also uh, a huge spiritual battle. And then um, I don't know if he said this in the class or when I went up and talked to him, but he said that he's very um, convinced uh and a lot of the scholars believe it too that we are actually starting uh the battle right now and that we are entrenched in beginning that uh battle of armageddon now on a spiritual level Mm -hmm. but that was really interesting
0: yeah just how everything has like a spiritual and a physical component and stuff um when he was comparing all of the battles of the last days um kind of delineating out which ones may be purely spiritual, which ones may be purely physical, but um, that Armageddon may have a a very component, but at least the spiritual components uh, probably already begun kind of thing. It it was very interesting. I love that class. Um, Let's see. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll share anything else on, on that when I get my notes and head put together. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about um, trials and everything. So um, when I got back from education week, um, uh, my family hit me with a surprise and, and they had an intervention for me. Uh, for me and my mom. And they told us we needed to stop studying and and diving so deep. And uh, it, it got pretty heated, pretty wild, everything. So that was on that that Saturday night. And the next Sunday, they wanted to rehash stuff again. And anyway, I was just in no frame of mind to, to be doing book club. And it took me a good week to, to kind of recover from it, honestly. So um, I just wanted to kind of share what i've learned the the testimony and and everything through that experience because i think it's directly pertinent to what we're studying so we know that there's those three tests of loyalty that we studied in in isaiah decoded right and uh ecclesiastical persecution it can come in many forms you know with avraham his was excommunication and, and different things but um in in mine it kind of blindsided me i knew that the Lord was, was preparing and and curating my test pretty heavily and that it it was coming, but I didn't see that it was going to come in the way that it did. And so, um, so the three tests of loyalty are all about loyalty, right? And that's what we're studying tonight is when we are tested, are we going to remain loyal to our, our testimony, our faith, or is it going to shake us and, and, push us back down the ladder, not push us, uh, that we succumb to it and we, we fall back down the ladder kind of thing. And so that was something at the, the forefront of my mind through the whole thing. It was like, okay, this can either break me or it can actually make me stronger and uh, help me uh, propel forward kind of thing. It was all based on a lot of miscommunication. So the number one thing that I learned through it was that I was saying way too much before some people were ready to to understand kind of where I was coming from. So uh, a lot with like Davidic covenant, uh, a lot with just end time prophecy things, and uh, I hadn't laid any. F- groundwork and uh, anyway things were just getting way out of proportion they, they thought I was apostate trying to gather believers and <laughs> it, it was wild so the number one takeaway for me was that I needed to to quit casting pearls not that my family are a swine in any way shape or form but there there's a certain foundation that you have to to work up to before we start diving into mysteries, right, and uh, anyway, it blew up in my face, and it blew up hard, and so I would just like to, to kind of issue that. It's not like anything that we're doing in, in group is a secret or, or anything, but just kind of be careful. As you are excited and and learning, sometimes, sometimes things get really misconstrued, and so um, I know for a certainty that isaiah is being unlocked in this day for our benefit and as we are studying it um there are so many connections and patterns and themes that are coming through um am i a gileadi believer and follower kind of thing like yeah he has put a lot of work into his uh, studies and, and literary devices but in no way am I, I worshiping and, and following him, <laughs> obviously, uh, you guys know me better than anyone, but, um, I think that there's truth to be had everywhere. We're supposed to be reading out of the best books and, uh, gleaning knowledge everywhere we can, right? Uh, this is just a book club. It's not like we're stuck on Isaiah forever and just going to, uh, try to, to, to beat this into to the ground, but, uh Isaiah decoded was very eye opening for me. I, it wasn't on my radar, um, but through the books book clubs, uh, it was recommended. So we went there, and I, I can't tell you how much it has blessed my life, having some some proper framework and knowledge. And um, I just love Isaiah. I, I I am so grateful to have found it in this specific day in this specific year, like. It has gotten me through so much. Um, many of you know that I I went through a divorce this year, and I just everything is is moving crazy. And and the Lord is just preparing the way every uh, single step. And I I want y'all to know that I have a firm testimony in the gospel and and being rooted in truth. Um, but. We are studying mysteries as, as we are commanded to do. And so sometimes that that comes with a, a price because as you're learning more, then, then you're asking for uh, the Lord to, to bless you and enrich you. And then sometimes that comes with trials, as we know from Isaiah, right? There's always a descent before an ascent. And so um, anyway, just just throwing that out there because tonight we are talking about disloyalty versus loyalty. Um, you know we've went through uh, lots of the bifid structure, ruin and rebirth, etc. But tonight is is these four chapters are about the the disloyalty that can happen and uh, throw people off in the last days. It's kind of the the winnowing out, and <laughs> I tell you, it is so pertinent to to the last couple weeks of of the church, like Alethea was was talking about earlier, where you know like. We haven't been very Zion-like, and uh, are these things really building us up, or are we going to choose to be disloyal and and fall away from from things? So anyway, just kind of that as a precursor. Uh, you can or, or cannot comment on it. You know, I, I my life's an open book, but uh, I don't want to take up too much of our our time tonight unless it's uh, kind of pertinent in in that area. But yeah, Alethea, what you got?
1: I just want to say how wonderful that you have a family that loves you that much.
0: Yeah, honestly, like, I think it's going to actually bring us together once we work out our our miscommunications and our our grievances that uh, some of the things like, uh, yeah, if I actually believed whatever misconstrued little principle they thought I was believing, I would hope that they would like, put me in check and love me enough to to bring that out and, and tell me so yeah I I think it's for the best honestly
1: <laughs> it's hard to go through but it's nice to know that they love you enough to to be worried and concerned yeah. and that they will talk to you so anyway <laughs> hey, I'm happy for you
0: mm-hmm. yeah thank you um so let's see let's go through Isaiah chapter 28, because it's got some great little nuggets in here. Um, let me pop that up on the screen real quick. All right. Um, Mother, would you start off with a good 10 verses and then we'll go from there?
3: Okay. Woe to the garlands of glory of the drunkards of Ephraim, their crowning splendor has become a fading, as fading wreaths on the heads of the opulent, over, overcome with wine. My Lord has in store one mighty and strong, as a ravaging hailstorm sweeping down, or like an inundating deluge of mighty waters. He will hurl them to the ground by his hand. The proud garlands of the drunkards of Ephraim shall be trodden underfoot, and the fading wreaths and crowns of glory on the heads of the opulent shall be like the first ripe fruit before summer harvest. He who sees it devours it the moment he has hold of it in that. That day shall Jehovah of hosts be as a crown of beauty and wreath of glory to the remnant of his people. A spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment, a source of strength to those who repulse the attack at the gates. These two have indulged in wine and are giddy with strong drink. Priests and prophets have gone astray through liquor. They are intoxicated with wine and stagger because of strong drink. They err as seers. They blunder in their decisions. For all tables are filled with vomit. No spot is without excrement. Whom shall he give instruction? Who shall he enlighten with revelation? Weanlings weaned from milk. Those just taken from the breast. Or it is but line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, precept, a trifle here, a trifle there.
0: All right. Therefore, by incomprehensible speech in a strange tongue, must he speak to these people, to whom he said, this is rest, let the weary rest, this is respite, but they would not listen. So to them the word of Jehovah remained, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, and precept upon precept, a trifle here, a trifle there, that persisting they might lapse into stumbling and break themselves, become ensnared and be taken captive. Therefore, hear the word of Jehovah, you scoffers who preside over the people in Jerusalem. You have supposed by taking refuge in deception and hiding behind falsehoods to have covenanted with death or reached an understanding with Sheol, that should a flooding scourge sweep through the earth, it should not reach you. Therefore, thus saith my Lord Jehovah, I lay in Zion a stone, a keystone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. They who believe it will not do rashly. I will make justice the measure, righteousness, the weight, a hail shall sweep away your faults, refuge, and waters flood the hiding place. Your covenant with death shall prove void. Your understanding which you'll sh- have no effect. When the flooding scourge sweeps through, you shall be overrun by it. As often as it sweeps through, you shall be seized by it. Morning after morning, it shall sweep through. By day and by night, it shall seize you. It shall cause terror merely to hear the word of it. Then shall come to pass the proverb. The couch is too short to stretch out on. The covering too narrow to wrap oneself in. Um, Cindy, would you mind reading and, and finishing out the chapter for us?
2: sorry about that i was
4: unmuted which which, uh verse were Uh
0: uh-huh so 21 21. through the end
4: for jehovah will rise up as he did on mount parisim and be stirred to anger as in the valley of gibeon to perform his act his unwanted act and to do his work his bizarre work now therefore scoff not let your bonds grow severe for I have heard utter destruction decreed by my Lord, Jehovah of hosts, upon the whole earth. Give heed and hear my voice, be attentive and listen to what I say. Will the plowman be forever ploughing to sow seed, disking and harrowing the same ground? When when he oh, when he has smoothed his surface, does he not sprinkle fennel and scatter cumin? Does he not demarcate wheat from barley and plant buckwheat in its own plot. His God instructs him, directing him in the proper procedure. Fennel is not threshed with a sharp toothed sledge, nor is a cartwheel rolled over cumin. Fennel is beaten out with a stick and cumin with a rod. Domestic grain is ground. One does not go, uh, maybe scroll up a little, I can't see. (laughs) Thank you. one does not go on endlessly threshing it it cannot be ground by driving horse and threshing cart over it these things originally originate with jehovah of hosts whose counsel is wonderful whose inspiration is surpassing
0: all right (laughs) as i was just reading this i was like wow if i would have read this a year ago i would not have understood a lick of what was being said but how pertinent this chapter is to just our past couple of weeks as as a church, and um, there there's some amazing stuff in here. What all were you guys seeing or or discovering as you were reading uh, this chapter or these chapters this week, and uh, what can what can we really pull out of these words that that seem pretty <laughs> pretty wild uh, just kind of at face value? Mm-hmm. Um, I really love. Well, yeah. yeah, go for it.
2: I know he talked.
4: Uh, he said several times, uh, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, and it seems like both times he said that he means something different each time, but um, I'm not exactly sure. But it just reminds me of uh, "Come Follow Me" last week when they talked about grace for grace. You know and it's kind of the same thing um just line upon line taking a step forward and receiving more light and then taking a step forward and then receiving more light and you know just growing little by little by little um but i'm not sure if the second one if that's exactly what that means
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting listening to avraham's uh, commentary uh, the line upon line is, is kind of a slap in the face. It, it's, if you're still learning line upon line, then you're missing out on the gospel kind of thing. And so he, here's where that comes from, is that in Near East and Middle East uh, studies, um, that's how little kids start out. Uh, the, the teacher writes something on on the board and uh, says it and has the class repeat it. So it goes line upon line and then class repeats line upon line. Here's precept upon precept and then they repeat precept upon precept, a trifle here, a trifle there. It's, it's Avraham calls it parroting. They're, they're just teaching parrots how to, to repeat, listen and repeat. But that's kind of the milk, of the gospel it's great i mean we have sunday school for a reason it's a general uh, assembly a, a general group and so we can't be be teaching meat in sunday school obviously but the sunday school answers have to evolve and grow at some point in order to to actually gain exaltation and so um like here it says they would not listen and it's talking about ephraim it's talking about the church in the last days They would not listen. So to them, the word of Jehovah remained line upon line, precept upon precept, Mm trifle here, trifle there. Like it it just it it falls flat. It's never going to nourish spiritually uh, if if that's where you get stuck and you never want more kind of a thing. Uh, yeah, I, I I find that very interesting, because my whole life, it's always been like, line upon line is a good thing, you know, like, oh, yeah, you, you get a little bit here, you get a little bit there, and you keep growing in the gospel. Um, but what Isaiah is getting at here, is that that only gets you so far, it, it's it's very much the basics. Uh, very interesting <laughs> tidbit that I had never thought about before.
5: I've heard um, people that have criticized the church because everything's so primary, like every lesson is really for, you know, only that primary Sunday school, you know, we don't get into heavy doctrine, but Mm -hmm. I don't feel, I feel like that people aren't ready for it. They don't, if you talk about something different than what they're used to, they look at you like you're crazy, like you're a crazy (laughs) apostate. I mean, crazy. If okay. you pull up the screen to like nine, I saw something about vomit
2: mm-hmm.
5: and I can't see it.
2: Yep. Eight there.
5: Oh, for all tables are filled with vomit. No spot is with that experiment that for some reason that feels like this week with all of the filthiness <laughs> from this week. And then when you went down and you said go down a little bit more to 12.
2: Oh, 12. oh I don't
5: know if it was 12 where you said Um, this is rest wherein that may cause the weary to rest and this is the refreshing yet they will not hear to whom he said this is the rest let the weary rest this is respite but they would not listen that's exactly how it feels today like this right now like it feels like vomit and you're just like just let it go people let's let's respite let's find some peace but they they don't want it's just they want the vomit it's just yucky do you can you does that resonate with anyone else
0: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Uh, like they want just half digested truth you know served up on a platter kind of thing <laughs> you know
5: i jumped on late so you might have already talked about that I-
0: oh no oh not at all yeah that was great um let's see rossanne
6: yeah <laughs> so I haven't been on here for a long time. <laughs> I didn't even know we were doing Triumph of Zion. So next, so now I got to get that book. But anyway, <laughs> glad to be back on. Summer's been crazy for me. Um, so I don't know. You you probably noticed that in Come Follow Me this week, section ninety five verse four. Uh, it says uh, that I may bring to pass my strange act. And we were reading that last night family and that just stood out to me strange act. So you click on it and the reference goes to Isaiah 28 21. Oh, really? (laughs) Surprise. So um, I actually listened to the commentary on 28. I don't remember when but so I listened to it again. And what's interesting is in the Doctrine and Covenants student manual, it says in there that strange act is the restoration of the gospel. But Avraham says something completely different, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Just in his commentary that it's strange or bizarre because on this occasion, Jehovah is stirred anger and rises up against his own people instead of against their enemies. I don't know. I just find it so interesting that... The, the the interpretation that they it can be so different and I just I didn't know if that stood out to anybody else the strange bizarre these words in the scripture strange act <laughs> um mm-hmm. and anyway it's it just was really interesting to me that it was interpreted so differently Um, I'm actually going to pull out the manual to see who said that strange act is the restoration, but you know,
4: Abraham, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, let me add real quick before you um, bring out another one. You know, I taught seminary this last week and in the seminary manual, it says that it is, it refers to like the visions and the different things that happened to the early saints that people weren't accustomed to seeing. So there's yeah. another interpretation for you.
6: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just so interesting to me. It's actually from um, Nelly Maxwell um, yeah. and it's d- described the restoration as a strange act in my strange work, work. the Lord indicated that would go against the grain of much of society. Yeah, restitution of the unfamiliar, the uncommon, the unusual, and the unique would actually aid mortals by providing fresh divine standards. So um, anyway, that just really stood out to me. That strange act last night stood out to me as we were reading in the Doctrine and Covenants, and then it led me right back to Isaiah 28, 21. I thought, <laughs> when I listened to that, I don't remember hearing that. So I went back to look, but um, anyway, it's just the interpretations are super super interesting abraham talks about how in our culture we have lots of traditions that aren't actually scripturally based Mm -hmm. um you know i don't know if you've heard him talk about that but he mentioned i can't remember where he said that but um so i just thought that was super interesting (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I heard,
4: yeah, I heard another interpretation too. Uh, one of the commentaries I listened to interpreted it as uh, temple work, you know, because mm. temple work, I mean, the first time you go to the temple, you come out thinking, <laughs> oh, that was strange. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what they interpreted it as. So there's another one. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Very interesting. interesting.
0: Yeah. And so um, mm. uh, not that I'm discrediting any of the interpretations at all but i think that that's a, a very key thing for our day because um so many uh scriptures are are being proof texted or uh another like a fancy word for uh taking them and and twisting them to to be convenient to whatever you want them to mean kind of thing right and so i think we have a lot of that going on you know <laughs> the, not to uh Open an old wound, but uh, Moses and the brazen serpent. I mean, has that not been used for good and oh, evil and all yeah. things in between? Uh, you know, yeah. these these past few weeks and, and months. Mm-hmm. But like, um, it. I, I find it interesting that a lot of the the common interpretations that we've had in the church are actually somewhat proof-texted. Uh, they're, they're just kind of, oh, well, we don't understand the full meaning of it, but, but this sounds good kind of thing. It, it can teach a good principle. Um, but, but looking at um, uh, what Isaiah's theology in, in chapter 28 is going towards is, um, yes, he, as he did on Mount Perizim, uh, stirred up to anger against his own people, To perform his act his unwanted act like uh, his to to do his work his bizarre work it's kind of against you know uh, what seems right to do to to uh, cause suffering to your own people but but it's necessary in order to to bring us out uh, of some of that 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 we have went astray uh this whole thing is a, a woe so because his people have become disloyal to him and so uh he performs a bizarre work it's going to seem strange but i'm going to chasten you so that i can bring you out of this and uh anyway yeah very interesting uh, again i'm not mm-hmm. trying to, to put down any interpretations because i think all things are, are of benefit but uh making sure that along with those that, that we do get the original author's intent uh, included in there. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I, it's amazing how I, I, you know, I didn't really plan. I, I mean, I planned it, but I didn't mean to plan it that, that this corresponded so well with Come Follow Me these past couple weeks with what our world is doing. Hasn't that been so interesting how Come Follow Me just mirrors our world week by week like uh, <laughs> truly inspired uh, mm-hmm. program on on that
6: yeah totally i agree
0: but yeah so um throughout uh these four chapters 28 through 31 um it, it's interesting i wanted to to read just a, a quick little uh, note from avraham here that these chapters Uh, talk about a covenant with death. And then next week, we're going to be talking about the covenant with life. Um, And so part six of the Bifid structure, this disloyalty and loyalty, uh, consists of homiletic or moralistic material. And it's distinguishable because of its literary genre. It's different from from the rest of Isaiah. This one uh, has kind of like morals to the story. Uh, kind of like fables do. Um, And it's all to elicit a loyal response. Jehovah confirms the covenant with those who exercise loyalty toward him. Uh, Righteousness and wickedness thus assume a formal covenantal aspect. Righteousness consummates in the covenant with life and wickedness with the covenant with death. And uh, sometimes it it goes against the the grain of of what you think a, a loving God should be. But often, well, I would say almost always, uh, that's how God works. He provides us with a paradox, uh, something that seemingly is contradictory in order for us to, to wrap our mind around it, to work through it and, and resolve that, that paradox. Um, uh, the gospel is full of them as we've learned, you know, much throughout Isaiah, we've, we've, uh, tackled some different paradoxes before, but, uh, you know, again, not to open an old wound, but it's very recent, very <laughs> uh, very much what we're dealing with today that uh, the first presidency letter was, was interpreted in very uh, different views and uh, how it's, it's kind of a paradox, but the whole thing is kind of this pop quiz. President Nelson's been been telling us, hear him, hear him, and then I'm gonna give you a pop quiz really quick. Now, are you going to blindly follow me? Are you going to uh, just go on Facebook and, and start shouting matches? Or are you going to go to the Lord? That's what I've been telling you to do. Like, are you going to do it <laughs> kind of thing? And, uh, you know, sometimes it, it, it seems, uh, what did I say, wanton or, or bizarre, but, but this is how the, the Lord works sometimes, uh, gives us a, a paradox to solve. And then wants us to go in the spirit to to resolve it, kind of thing. And I think that that is is crucial to understanding this part of disloyalty versus loyalty. Um, these four chapters all start off with a woe, uh, which is a pronouncement of a covenant curse. There's four different curses uh, of disloyalty that are going to happen in the last days, and and we just read one of them, 28. Uh, we don't have time to, to whip through the other ones, but. But I encourage us to, to look at those, study those out, and try to uh, apply them and liken them to our day, because these are four that we are dealing with right now uh, very strongly in the church. And, and it's all part of the winnowing process uh, to actually prove loyalties and, and help us advance on the ladder to heaven. You know, there's, there's tests of loyalty. There's descents so that we can ascend and man (laughs) if it doesn't drown you you'll you'll come out alive (laughs) right
5: hey cameron um i totally agree with the test with it being a pop quiz um how like you just said it like president nelson taught us to hear him hear him hear him and then we want you to all go do this so it's a pop quiz for us are we gonna hear him are we just gonna do are we the level we just need our our president just to tell us what to do. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to pray about it. Just tell us what to do. We'll show up, you know, it's a pop quiz. (laughs) But I even think it's a little bit of a test for them
0: because,
5: because it must be hard to have the kickback they're getting. And with the kickback they had with the gay stuff a couple of years ago to get back into, it must be hard for, so it's also a test for them. Are they going to hear him and stand firm to whatever they said, whether, whether it's even right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And then for us to not be, I've been trying really hard to just to be humble to whatever comes my way and what comes to other people's way, there might not be a right or wrong to any of it. It's just Mm -hmm. what you hear. Right. And what they hear, like, they're not doing anything wrong. If that's what God told them, then they're not wrong either. And, Mm -hmm. and and are we going to be humble and kind to, you can see people's emotions getting so high um, yeah. and just to hear him and just be okay with where people are and give them the space they need and just, just love people wherever they're at. And that to me, that's what I'm learning. And that's what I'm hearing. And that pop quiz, I heard you say that on another video. And I was like, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> it's a pop quiz. <laughs> That just really resonated with me, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, Sarah. I, it's so
7: funny you say that um, about um, the not really mattering. Um, I, I Who was just talking? Kathy?
2: Mm-hmm.
7: Yep. Yeah, it was me. So I I actually had my own little trial not too long ago about with this whole thing because... I really felt like I already had my answer. I had. Um, I know we probably don't want to go into too much details, but I felt like I had my answer. And so when the prof- when that letter came out, I was really, really confused and like really struggling. And you know, here my husband doesn't really go on social media a lot. He didn't even affect him. Didn't even. He's <laughs> like, I don't. I, I said, did you have you seen Lola? And he's like, and. And I'm like, what are you gonna do? And he's like, well you know, like I already had my decision. It's fine. So I'm just like, I am like struggling big time for about a week. And I I went from being like, am I going to, am I going to follow or am I going to like, what am I going to do? And so finally, like I was, I was just all over the place. And finally I, I went to the Lord and I was like, I feel like I have my answer, but you know, here I am this, I will do whatever you want me to do. And um I prayed and I felt like I should ask, should I get the shot? So I asked and <laughs> the answer came yes.
2: And I was like, what? I'm
7: so confused. I don't get it. I thought you already gave me an answer. And so I was having a tissue fit and um got to the point where I was just like, you know what? I, I can't trust myself. I don't know what you want me to do. I just I I feel so confused. So I felt like that I should ask the question, should I not get the shot? And the answer came back, yes. And I was like, what is happening right now? So now you're now I'm even more confused. So I sat there for a minute and then I had the thought to ask, will I find peace if I get the shot? And the answer came yes. And then I waited for a minute and then I, I asked the question, will I have peace if I don't get the shot? And the answer came yes. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it doesn't matter. He doesn't, he just wants me to go with what I feel is the right answer. Like what I originally felt and prayed about. And so that's when I came to the realization that that's why there's some people who like my husband or other people who it hasn't even affected them. Like, especially my husband's family, cause they don't really care what people think they just do what's right. And And I don't, I I don't know if it's just being from Utah or whatever, but I care what people think to, to an extent. And so I thought about it and I was like, oh, well, this is not about any of this. It's just about doing the right thing from what we feel like our our answer is from Heavenly Father. Of course he wants us to go to him, but not all things need to be brought to him. Like we can use our common sense and what you know what is being brought to us and stuff like that so anyways I just thought that was interesting you said that is it for me it really doesn't matter like I could get it or I couldn't and it
5: doesn't matter so mm-hmm. and
6: aren't we all le- learning to hear him
5: better like we're all in yeah. practice right now we're really like this has given us really great ground to practice so well
7: yeah and, and like you and like you said Cameron it, you know it really is a test it was it's been a test for me in the sense that I've, I've been able to really connect with Heavenly Father and figure out, you know, how to get answers. you know, I don't know. It's just been really good for me. So even though it's really hard and I really did feel like it was my own little moment of struggle, it's been good for me. So mm-hmm. there you go. <laughs> uh,
0: kind of like what you were saying there, it's, it, it made me think about back to Abraham where, Abraham, or the Lord knew what Abraham would do, but Abraham needed to know something about himself through the process kind of a thing. And so I think that, you know, that's kind of sometimes why we're presented with paradoxes or conflicting things so that we can can turn to him and and learn new things about ourselves and and get reassuring confirmations and and things like that. Uh, Just your your whole story kind of is like, oh yeah, Abraham.
1: (laughs) I thought it was was interesting um, when Kathy said something that is so true that we just want to be told what to do. And yet, isn't it funny this week when we were told or last week- We didn't want to know what to do. Yeah, and and the pushback- that came all we yes. want to know what to do as long as it
5: agrees with us right I know. I know but i and i think the main thing is to stay humble and just stay open to what you're led to do just stay humble don't get on the bandwagon of it's bad or don't get on the bandwagon and that it's good but just stay humble and stay true and listen to god and that's it there's no more to it to me that was when cameron said that i listened to your previous lesson. And I was like, that's it. It doesn't matter. It. I mean, everybody's different. And it's just about being humble and following God. That's it. And that don't was be on answer. the bandwagon of shaming either. No, no, not on either side. No shaming nope. and no yeah. on either side. Yeah,
1: because there's been so much judgment and so much shaming. And I'm better than you. I know better
2: and- than
5: and, and yeah. so then jump ahead to triumph of zion because i listened to the first chapter today <laughs> oh man this is gonna be so good because it's building zion in you
2: mm-hmm.
5: and so yeah. and so this, this is this is gonna be awesome mm-hmm.
0: yeah i'm super excited about it but but yeah like like Alethe said at the, the very beginning or whatever like we just haven't been very zion like this it, even if it was a, a test for each of us individually, the test was for the church as a whole as well. You know, like, are we going to fortify our relationships and maintain Zion? Or are we going to fall apart and have to pick up all the pieces again? You know, like, it, it it's amazing the different levels of, of things. But, you know, I, I, I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, that people can receive conflicting revelation Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean that you go and shove it your revelation down somebody else's throat and and that's that's part of zion like the lord knows what he's doing with each of our cases and like thank goodness that that he has it all figured out and planned and he has backup plans for us as we repent and and work through all of our things because we're never going to be perfect like it's such an amazing plan and isaiah's ladder and uh Uh, bifid structures here like the disloyalty and loyalty this week like everything is just so true it's so thought out like of course this is uh the 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 true church because uh there's so much prophecy being fulfilled in our days and we can see it and it's being unlocked right now as we need it uh to help us navigate these these very challenging end times and uh, the
5: sifting has to happen. The, we're not we're not pushing anybody out of the church. They're leaving on their own, and it's over, over, kind of not trivial things, but not huge. You know what I mean? Like the. Yeah, sifting, I never would have
0: thought of that.
5: <laughs> the sifting has to happen, and this is just one way, like to build Zion. We cannot have the weak in there. You've got to have strong, and you've got to have people that are completely dedicated to God. And so if they're not ready for that, it's not that we don't love them. It's not that we don't care about them, but they're going to go off because this, this is the work that has to go forward, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cameron, and so we he... have to approach those differently.
1: Cameron, when Cameron's... you were talking about the Zion, uh, how it's a multi-level, it was a test for each of us and a test for the church. I just had heard the words, what is it? Put on thy beautiful garments. And I thought, wow, we have not been doing that, right? All the bickering and judging and shaming, that is not beautiful.
0: Yep. So, like, this is my bride. The church is my bride, and it's throwing a fit on the floor. beautiful.
1: (laughs) Is it that vomit and that, what was the other thing that we just read? Was it vomit and excrement? I don't know.
0: The church is the
4: bride. The church is a bridezilla.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. we got a little ways to go,
5: <laughs> and it's nice that we can just laugh at it and go, "Okay, this is where we're at. We have a long way to go." Like if this tested us, we have a long way to go. But we are yeah. learning, and we're open to learning, right? You just wonder if Heavenly
1: Father and the Savior are like going, "Oh my
6: gosh!" <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. I think that they are going, oh, okay, this is exactly, uh, they knew this would happen. And there are groups like us, that there are pockets of people like us everywhere that I'm so glad to hear about your experiences because I had made a decision and then the letter came and I read it right after I, I had been in the temple, walked out of the temple, got the letter. And I started to fast that minute because Mm -hmm. I wanted to know I was like I have got to know for sure what Heavenly Father wants me to do about this and Mm -hmm. I received the most amazing revelation the next morning and then I had more questions come up fasted again a week later got amazing revelation for my life and most it was just like people you know be okay with other people's choices everybody has Mm -hmm. their own journey this is what this is what Mm -hmm. you need to do and it's fine and don't worry about it and this is nothing like the staff of this is nothing like the fiery serpent of Moses by the way (laughs) like people comparing it to that and Heavenly Father actually told me this has these circumstances are completely different go and study the story And Mm. I had actually never read, like, I couldn't remember where the story even was. So I, (laughs) I think people that are saying that have not read the story. They have not studied the words. They don't know anything about what actually happened to the, to the Israelites and and with Moses and that whole thing. And there's, they don't understand the scriptures and there's throwing these things out to shame and guilt and it's terrible, but it's Mm. becoming like, okay, so that person doesn't want to hear me okay okay you know yeah. uh, it's so and it's and then holland's talk and the whole. here's oh, another yeah. test people oh, yeah. <laughs> and i think it's just going to keep going and going oh, yeah. yeah
0: i know so yeah, this general conference is going to be interesting are we ready <laughs> <laughs> But
6: either that or, yeah, either that or will it most people will feel like, oh, that was no, nothing special, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> they'll, yeah.
2: be, they'll be That's upset that there apology. wasn't
6: some apology or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> My husband and I were
1: talking about the uh, fiery serpent <laughs> analogy tonight, and he goes, Except the world wasn't saying, Look at the fiery servant, only the prophet.
6: Only the prophet. Yeah. And God told Moses to make it. God did not tell the president of the church to make a vaccine and you know there's so many differences here you can't people comparing it do have not read the scriptures (laughs) they do not understand the story anyway I just that was my experience it gave me an opportunity to really receive some amazing revelation and I've I learned that if I want pure revelation. I need to fast. That's what I learned for um, me, that I need to fast first. And so it was an amazing experience for me personally. And I see people on social media, so confused and so upset. And I'm just like at peace because I did what I needed to do. And I feel bad for people that are just confused and upset and on and on. It's just, it's been interesting. (laughs) Yeah
0: yeah For you sure. know like that scripture that talks and i might be proof texting the scripture but that uh, carried about by every wind of doctrine i see that mm. as facebook like some I, I and i've been guilty of it in the past too so don't get me wrong here but like where i don't know what opinion to have and so i just look and and see mm. what everybody else is kind of doing and, and based off of that it's like just being carried about by the wind versus actually being s- like founded in in gospel truth, et cetera, and and looking to the Lord for, for answers rather than, mm-hmm. than just doing that. Like this whole last year, you guys have all known that like I've had social media fasts and then I kind of sneak back in because I need to do some little things here and there, but, but then I, I go back off and, and everything. But um, it's amazing how liberating it really is to, mm-hmm. to kind of wean to yourself off. off of the need to, uh, to constantly mm-hmm. be on there kind of mm-hmm. battling people or, or getting decisions made by other people. Like, uh, it really is. Like, we are led by such an amazing prophet today. <laughs> President mm-hmm. Nelson just knows what's coming and uh, is, is leading and guiding us, you know, with uh, his, his challenges that he gives us, with uh, certain initiatives, et cetera. Like, there's just so much. I, I just rely on, on him as, as this uh, shepherd on the watchtower, just, just helping us through these, these hard times. And, and it just breaks my heart when, when some people really uh, take offense or, or, or uh, you know, just kind of twist something that, that he said and, and just try to be offended a little. And it, it's just all of the profit. Uh, yes, sometimes it, it's going to, to result in a, like a paradox that you have to resolve, but uh, that's, that's for our own good in the end uh just like everyone's (laughs) said here especially ross and like it it just creates and fosters these experiences that probably wouldn't have happened otherwise
6: yeah for sure and i've been led recently to listen to the autobiography of dallin h oaks i don't (laughs) know if you know very much about his life but um wow um what i think what his role is going to be in the future when he steps into that presidency um is going to be incredible to watch yeah. what he is going to do um i mean he, i i didn't know very much about him honestly mm-hmm. and we've been listening to his book in the evening and that he what he has accomplished in his life already is incredible um, it's actually mind boggling and what he's gonna do, what the Lord has prepared him. It's <laughs> anyway. I've just I, I just Absolutely. have loved learning about oh yeah, it's I think it's called in the Lord's hands or something like that. But anyway,
2: mm-hmm.
6: it's amazing. It makes me so sad because I don't want to think about losing President Nelson. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, never, yeah. but he's
1: 90. What is he, 96? I no, know, I know. He just it seems so young.
2: I, I mean, know.
1: he's yeah. so active and so, I don't know, but I, I just can't imagine. Yeah. But it'll be fun to see what President Oaks does when that time comes.
6: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. <laughs> So anyway. great discussion. I, I love it. Um, so next week we're, we're going to be diving into the kind of better news of, of this whole thing with the, the loyalty chapters. Uh, I think it's 55 through 58 there, but, um, anyway, uh, some amazing stuff here, uh, where we're, we're kind of coming to a, a close of, uh, Isaiah. It's a little bit kind of bittersweet to me, but I think it's kind of good to kind of take breaks and then come back and and uh, kind of do things. But uh, it's been such a fun journey uh, learning Isaiah. Um, every time that it's quoted and uh, referenced in manuals, etc., it's just like, oh, I kind of know what we're talking about now. You know, I have mm-hmm. a long way to go. Like I'm no Isaiah expert, but man, Isaiah really is being unlocked for our day. I, I testify of that up and down um, mm-hmm. because. We, we we need this. And kind of like uh, from the education uh, notes that I was sharing, uh, I think there's there's a lot of truth to that, that we can't understand Isaiah without Lehi's dream and, and vice versa. We can't understand Lehi's dream without Isaiah. As, as we kind of start thinking and uh, understanding that principle, I think it'll start... Unlocking some new doors and and vistas for us. Me and my mom have been kind of practicing and and trying to pull out some different things here and there. It's been quite fun. Uh, They are definitely companion witnesses, um, which I never would have paired those two together. But uh, that's exactly what Nephi is doing there, Um, and and it's all through the literary structures. Uh, If you find yourself that you're very new to, to chiasmus or parallelism or um, forgetting that other word that, that Joseph Spencer used, but um, take some time to, to really uh, start learning uh, Hebrew literary patterns and the, the mysteries just start falling. Uh, the Lord starts handing you new things to, to study. Uh, as soon as you uh, take the time to learn his language and, and his style, um, that's kind of his patterns that he works in. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I get really long-winded, and tonight's kind of been a lot of uh, me time. But <laughs> thanks for bearing with me. I- I'm excited. I'm gonna put that uh, uh, Triumph of Zion schedule uh, up again just as we're we're leaving. But um, anyway, it's been a fun week. Thank you all for for showing up and and being amazing. I- I- I've loved the the comments and-, and things tonight. It's it's been very helpful. Anyway, we will see everyone next week. (laughs) Have a great week, everyone. Thank
2: you, Cameron. Good night. Good night, everyone.